Welcome back to The Strong Room. On this segment, Sherry McMillan and Melanie Grant of McMillan Estate Planning talk about the life planning approach they take to helping families plan their estates. I think it's our obligation and responsibility as estate planners that we educate our public, our listening audience today specifically, on the benefits and the joy that can be created around an estate plan because it's about life planning, living. And living planning is very different than death planning because life planning is about sharing your purpose in life with your family in the present. Absolutely. Death plan is a moment in time. It's one instance. And it's also clouded around grief and turmoil and sadness. Life planning is such a joy. And for instance, we had one client, you know the story well, Sherry, uh, wonderful family, very philanthropic, came in and they wanted to engage their grandbabies into their charitable work because that's part of their legacy, part of their why of giving back. And so they said that they would support and match what their children or grandchildren would raise on their own and then determine who they were going to give money to each year. So they had competition between the girls and the boys. But what it gave them as an opportunity to really understand the value set of what their grandbabies um, had in along their path and also be able to share their legacy and their wisdom through that also teaching them about good ethics and morals and caring about your community and that is what is significant and that is to me where great estate planning comes into play it's about giving that gift Now, that being said, Melanie, I know you have lots of experience in observing family sharing their estate through their lifetime rather than waiting until they've died. Do you want to share more about that? Well, so many times we'll see children, they might be struggling a little bit, and they know they have an inheritance coming. And when I say children, I'm usually talking about somebody that might be 60 or 50 or 40. I'm not talking about little children. I'm talking about adults that are creating wealth for themselves and building a state, have families, and they know that this inheritance is coming. The sad part in that is if they were to receive some of that inheritance now, what they would be able to be create from it would be amazing and then the parents would be able to see that as well of what they've gifted to their children and see that as a legacy being built we never suggest that a family give away what they um, can't afford to give they must take care of themselves first put your own face mask on first and then assist others but i do believe that if you can see the joy that your wealth has created for your loved ones during your lifetime what a reward Especially on a proportion of it if it's your excess. Most definitely. I mean, we have one uh, client, uh, he needed a little bit of funding for his business. Um, and when I sat with him, we started talking and I said, well, are your, how are your parents? And his mother was very tight to the chest with her money, partly because she had never managed the money throughout her lifetime and her husband had passed. And so her thing was to keep it close. But when we showed that she could give the money now with an, kind of like an IOU back to the estate, that it wouldn't offset for the other children that she wanted to gift to upon her passing, it all made sense. And she felt comfortable with that because we could show her the layer of protection through her lifetime and it goes back to that life plan. So both ended up being able to benefit from that conversation. And I think that is the blessing of the wealth that has been created, especially in Canada in the last, say, three or four decades, is that we do have that privilege or opportunity to share the wealth we're creating with our family and actually be part of uh, seeing the utilization of that. 
I think it's a continuation of a legacy as well. We see so many family-based businesses where the children come in and uh, mentor under mom and dad and succeed that business. Um, so gifting that business to the child during their lifetime is such a, a gift that you can do. You just want to be cautious. Again, I go back to putting your face mask on first for yourself, that you do it using certain type of tools that protect mom and dad first, and then the child from matrimonial law, uh, creditor protection, all those types of risks that may come in that would affect mom and dad's retirement. So why do you feel, Melanie, that our estate plan should all begin with our life plan? To me, it's the cornerstone of a comprehensive plan. It's part of your strong room. We have many components, your safeguarding significance. What is that for you specifically should all flow through your plan, through your life plan, your tax plan, your legal plan, and your legacy plan. But that life plan is the start of the plan. And that is determining what kind of quality of life you want. Do you have good health? Do you not have good health? Do you want to stay in your home? What are your hobbies? Do you have a business? Do you have business partners? Do you have children with special needs? Do you have addiction in your family? Uh, Do you like to travel? I mean, these are all different components of your life plan, and we need to completely understand that, and defining that is very personal. If we understand that, then we can provide you a plan that protects you throughout your lifetime because you might need to care for a special child. You might have your children go through multiple divorces. You might have a spouse with addiction and you need to plan around that, not at the moment of death. Today, it's going to affect you today. So a good life plan will encompass all these different areas and ensure that your why is followed through and for your protection. Now, I know one of the surprises that most clients experience in doing their life plan is the freedom it creates with being able to see on paper the security they have created, and it allows them then to utilize that wealth in a more liberal way through those phases of retirement. Can you share more about that? We looked at one client, and they came became a client about 12 or 14 years ago. And when they first came in, they had an asset base, um, a very good asset base for their age of what they were at. And this is the value of doing a good life plan. It's because we had provided them that level of protection 14 years ago. That plan has protected them over the years and helped them also grow and outdure those market fluctuations from 2008, protection around um, sickness and illness, family situations, because we put in safety nets for them constantly to always ensure that they're protected first and then everything else just follows. Would you mind sharing more about that case? Well, this particular family might be one of my favorite clients. Um, You know, they're very large family, six children, which is unheard of for our generation. Um, And so they needed a little bit more planning because they do have a child with special needs as well. But they started with an asset base of almost a million. And now they're over 12 million in 14 years. They've made great life choices, though. And they've also planned... They didn't look at estate planning as a death plan. They didn't look at it as a will. They looked at it as how is it an opportunity that I can protect myself first, protect my loved ones, and protect their business as well. And they have done that through their actions of making good choices, but also revisiting that plan throughout their lifetime. And I think they have a peace of mind year after year because their plan is in good order. Absolutely. They can look at the, the growth and the um, and feel a sense of accomplishment as well. And again, that's 
safeguarding their significance and recognizing what they've actually created and built. The great thing is we've gotten to know their children over the years. They've come in, now they're adults and they're starting their own life plan. Um, and we're happy to be part of that process. So it's about true legacy planning of ensuring that what mom and dad have created and worked so hard for is protected always. Another interesting point, Sherry, is when we look at the longevity of how we are living now, this life plan is even more critical. When we think of how many people are centurions, which are people over the age of 100, I think we're at 4,800 right now, just in Canada alone, and that number is supposed to grow to 50,000 in the next few decades. That's tremendous amount of responsibility around our own caring of ourselves to ensure that we can be independent past age 100 and that's different kind of planning um, than what we have thought about back in the 60s or 70s or even 80s so again that life plan is critical and that's the cornerstone the foundation of your strong room when we're contemplating and endeavoring to safeguard our significance in an estate plan there's obviously a number of areas of influence so let's explore some of those mel well life plans should really incorporate many different areas so we think of even marriage we have over a 50% divorce rate. So we really need to incorporate that into the plan. You know, what is the marriage like? Are your children's marriages in turmoil? Are they going to be contending with a divorce that you may have to help them with? Um, do you have special needs? Do you have addiction in your family? Do you have a business? Um, can you survive market risk within your asset base? Um, what else would we think about? Um, th your longer lifespan is also a key component of a good life plan. We also, where do you do you reside is very integral to a good core for basing all the decisions that you implement around your life plan. Um, how much do you travel? What kind of hobbies do you have? Um, do you have health issues? And these are just some of what a cornerstone baseline should be incorporated into your life plan. Um, a life plan uh, are spurred on more and more by people to design plans that include provisions for these kind of living scenarios. And a growing number of people have seen the need for a plan that provides for their how their estate should be handled, not only at their death, but while they're alive. Right. And I think that's fundamental because we are living so long that we may spend longer periods of time during our retirement phase of life than we were in our working career. And so it's just a practical uh, point of view that we have to plan accordingly. You know, we have one family that came to see us and they didn't realize um, they had a will. And they thought they were protected, but they came for a second opinion. And when we started talking about a full comprehensive plan and do they have a life plan, they kind of gave me this blank stare. But it, interesting enough, through the discussion of finding out how their asset base was established and how they, much they travel, they had exposed themselves to U.S. estate tax. And we're not talking a little bit. This is quite a wealthy family, and they were completely unaware of it. They thought they had a tax plan because they file their tax return every year. Um, and they have a business, so they have, they weren't uneducated individuals, but again, it's such a complex area. Now, that had a huge impact on their life plan as well, because we didn't want one parent to be left behind short by having to pay undue taxes to the IRS when a good plan would have provided for that kind of protection. So again, that life plan is all about their significance and defining that is very personal. Our sincere thanks to Sherry McMillan and Melanie Grant for their contribution on the program today. 
For more helpful information on the life planning aspect of estate planning, we welcome you to visit our website at macmillanestate.com. This is The Strong Room.